Good morning, goblins and ghouls. I hope everyone is having an amazing, wonderful day. Because let's face it, you deserve it. I don't know about where you guys are, but um, it is freaking cold here. Especially for June. I'm so cold. I, it's not even funny. It's like in the 40s late early upper 30s lower 40s not a fan my plants aren't a big fan so uh heads up you might be hearing a little space heater going behind me i tried turning it off but i just couldn't handle the cold also i'm not doing a video recording of this one because i'm all bundled up with like a hood and everything and I look absolutely ridiculous but I'm slightly warmer and that's honestly all that matters a little bit of bookkeeping before we get started today I lost my spot uh, I'm going to start doing podcast teas like teas inspired by the podcast because and my whole thing is grabbing yourself a cup of tea so it's time to do tea and I'm really excited about it I've seen a few different podcasts do this including my friend Tanya over at the Witch Daily Show and I thought it would be a lot of fun but I just can't decide on flavors and I'm thinking of only doing like one tea at a time like one signature one maybe every season every I don't think I could do it every month but we'll see but I just can't decide the Libra in me is so indecisive it's not even funny so I'm gonna need y'all to help me narrow it down I'll be posting all about it in the Facebook group and people can decide which one sounds the best to start it's, it's gonna make it easy Patreon subscribers, I'm going to work on an extra special tea kit for you. I'm very excited. I've already started buying things for it. But we still have to figure out what the tea is going to be first. Anyways, so look out for that. So getting to the show today for the last two Dallas Oddities and Curiosities Expos, I have stayed with my friends, Rain and Mike. Long time listeners to the podcast will recognize Rain. She helped guest host the podcast way back when during like quarantine, like forever ago. And we talked about vampires. So we each did like a vampire story. That Rain, I want to say it's like episodes like seven eight and nine something way back when she kept telling me all about these spooky places around her home and she went and planned a full creepy tour like all around the area i think we were out all day just visiting all these famous creepy spots literally my new love language if you guys want to like impress me take me on a ghost tour it was amazing i loved every second of it one of the ones she has been telling me about 
for a while is about screaming bridge and it was pretty close so that was the first stop on the creepy tour so on this week's episode i'm talking to you about the screaming bridge in arlington texas a creepy out of the way spot known to the locals as a place to hear disembodied screams from long dead teenagers who died on the road local legend states that some kids were out celebrating a football game win one night when they collided with each other on the bridge this seemed reasonable enough for me since football especially high school football in texas is kind of a big deal like you know friday night lights and all that Apparently, the area is now imprinted with the kids' dying screams, and legend has it that if you stare into the river where the cars went in at midnight, you can see the graves of those killed. This was all I knew going into this adventure. And... You know, it kind of killed me not to do the research beforehand, but I'm glad I did it. So I'm doing something a little bit different this time. Um, This time, I'm going to be giving you all the history, which, you know, I do that anyways. But this time I have an extra special treat. I will have the one and only Rain on to discuss our adventures. I even have a little bit of video that I'll share on the website and the Patreon page. You can see what we got and saw. So, let's get into it, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea, make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. The aforementioned story is a part of local legend. The football-related crash didn't happen at Screaming Bridge. I read some articles that this football-related crash happened nearby on another bridge. And folklorists believe that the stories combined in the collective memory into the legend of Screaming Bridge. When I discovered that, I got a little bit nervous that maybe I wouldn't have enough information on this case to get a whole podcast out of it, especially when we had some very strange experiences out there. Luckily, I was wrong. Another horrible crash did happen at Screaming Bridge, and this case is very well documented. I was actually kind of shocked by the amount of information you could find on this crash. And to be fair, actually a couple of crashes have happened out there. On the night of February 4th, 1961, a group of girls went to go see a movie together. Nothing out of the ordinary. I 
couldn't find which movie they went to see, but about a week beforehand, the original 101 Dalmatians was released. Although, considering the girls were high school juniors, my money would have been on the newest Marilyn Monroe, Monroe movie, The Misfits. All six of them crammed into a car and went. I don't know about you, but I definitely have memories of doing the exact same things with friends. The, the, sh the cramming into the car when there's too many people kind of thing with, you know, no seatbelts and everything. Um, I definitely have very vivid recollections of and then, just like me and my friends did, we would go out joyriding after the movie. According to the father of one of the girls, his daughter, Mary Lou Goldner, was the driver. One of the other girls had never been down this particular road, and her friends were letting her get the experience of driving the wavy road at top speed for the first time before returning home. Nothing but a little bit of fun that had happened in the area a million times before on numerous roads around the world. Like, this is so common. It's just, I feel like, a part of adolescence at that point. But this spot was a little different. It had earned the eerie name of Death Crossing from prior train and car wrecks in previous decades. Maybe that was part of the appeal of going down there for the girls. Something spooky. Something dangerous. Something to test their mettle, as it were. As their car approached the bridge, they saw another car acting quite strange. This car was not yet on the bridge. It was, in fact, slowly backing down away from the bridge, honking its horn over and over and over again. The girls probably saw this strange display and decided to hurry up and get around this weirdo because something was definitely wrong with him. Sadly, the girls did not have a chance. The incline of the Arlington Bedford Road and the darkness prevented them from seeing that the bridge was out. At 9.30 p.m., their vehicle left the road and impacted the other side of the ravine, which sloped up to the old Rock Island Railroad track. The car then landed upside down, killing instantly two of its passengers, Mary Lou Goldner, the driver, who was 16, and Claudie Jean Reeves, who was 17. 
Six ambulances rushed to the victims and got them to Arlington Memorial Hospital, where they received emergency care before being transferred to Baylor Hospital in Dallas. By 2 a.m. Sunday morning, Kathy Fleming was reported dead on arrival at Baylor Hospital. Injured were Donna Post, Dorothy Ibsen, and Joanne Anderson, with multiple fractures, like arms and their jaws broken, and concussions. Joanne Anderson remained in critical condition after undergoing emergency brain surgery that Sunday morning. Since none of the girls were carrying ID, police and medical workers only learned their identities when Dorothy Isbin regained consciousness long enough to give her parents' names and the names of the other girls in the car. So, what the hell happened? What happened to the bridge? What was with that weird car? Apparently, the bridge was out. According to theboneyard.com, newspaper articles from February 6th, uh, the headline stated, Death Bridge Involved in a Probe, which I searched for and just could not find. But these articles, according to the website, revealed that a young man, Bill Young, had slowed for a train crossing the road just beyond the bridge over the ditch and noticed the bridge was out. Stopping just like three feet shy of the ravine. You couldn't see it. It wasn't like lit up or anything. He had narrowly missed plunging off the road himself. He saw the girl's car coming and tried to warn them by honking his horn while he was backing up away from the ravine. It is thought his warning may have frightened the girls into speeding up past the vehicle, contributing to their speed when they left the road. It was Bill Young who notified authorities of the accident in the first place. Upon further investigation, it was discovered that the bridge was gone because it had been set on fire. County file, Fire Marshal Mason Lankford began an investigation that confirmed his suspicions of arson as the cause for the bridge being out, but who was responsible was yet to be determined. The bridge had been previously burned, apparently, and repaired two years before. Wooden barricades had been positioned on both sides of the road approaching the railroad tracks, but were mysteriously missing the night of the accident. They were installed after road flares, like smudge pots, they were described, kept being extinguished or stolen. I don't, I don't, I don't know why people are, keep stealing and setting this bridge on fire. It's very strange. One of the girls who perished, Claudia Reeves, was the daughter of a highway patrolman and investigating officers suspended their work 
to attend her funeral. Upon returning to their inquiry, they were able to determine the identities of those responsible for burning the bridge. Best possibilities, according to Fire Marshal Langford and Ulysses Police Chief W.M. Sester were either hobos or young vandals. It ended up being the latter. This article is from the Vernon Daily Record on February 10th, 1961. Officers indicated Thursday that four Arlington boys may be implicated in the burning of a bridge which led to an auto accident Saturday night in which three teenage girls died. The four youths, students at Arlington High School, have given statements in connection with the bridge burning. Authorities are also looking into a law applying to the removal of barriers and kerosene warning flares which apparently were stolen after they had been put out to warn motorists of the 35-foot-wide chasm into which the girl's car plunged. One law enacted 103 years ago says that if a bridge is willfully burned, those convicted can be imprisoned from two to five years, or fined up to $5,000. Three victims are still in the hospital in Dallas. They are Joanne Anderson, Donna Post, and Dorothy Isbin, all 16. Killed were Mary Lou Goldner, 16, Claudia Jean Reeves, 17, and Kathy Fleming, 16. All the girls went to Arlington High School. District Attorney Doug Croach said that the information received from the boys reported to be classmates of the dead and injured girls would be turned over to the grand jury. Oh man, you guys, classmates, the girls knew the boys. It is so sad. The four Arlington High School boys, again classmates of the girls, uh, were Clinton Barris, Tracy Stanley, Ronald Max Moore, and Richard Truett Rivers. They were all indicted and brought before a grand jury. The boys' attorneys, Ronald Altman and Baron Matthews, said their climates were driving on Arlington Bedford Road on January 27, 1961, a night of a heavy snowfall, when they stopped at the bridge over the drainage ditch. One suggested setting fire to the bridge. They found some straw, lit a match, struck it to the straw, and drove away 
said Matthews. It was just a prank. I don't think there was any malice in their hearts, Matthews said. They are just young boys and didn't think. There was a rumor that says the boys started the fire in order to impede the travel of the predominantly black community of Moser Valley into North Arlington. So, if this was true, they did have some malice in their hearts. Just not for the girls. After testimony from the boys, parents and leading citizens of Arlington, defining them as good students and religious, the jury foreman declared their actions to be childish pranks and wished to give the boys who had withdrawn from school before the hearing a new chance in life and declined to bring charges on February 17th. The grand jury asked the Tranet County Commissioner's Court to post rewards for information on the removal of the barricades from the bridge prior to the accident, which had occurred numerous times again. Further investigations never revealed who was responsible for removing the barricades and road flares from the burned out bridge. No one ever stepped forward with information and the reward was never claimed. The bridge was never replaced and its fragments were bulldozed and later covered by concrete tunnels for drainage. I don't really don't think you can get down to it, but these were then resurfaced with the asphalt and brought up to the level of the bridge's original span. This served for access over the drainage ditch up until another fatal accident involving a train and a truck occurred in 1994. Two women identified as Tammy Lynn Dodson and Raylan Jonestown tried to make the crossing in advance of an oncoming train. When their attempt failed, the train hit the passenger side of the truck, knocking one of the women out of the vehicle and trapping the other in the burning remains. Both were pronounced deceased at the scene. Following this accident, that part of the road was closed to all traffic. The name Screaming Bridge and its subsequent myth was formed. The isolation away from Arlington has spawned stories of hearing car screeching sounds, the screams of those who had passed on the bridge, and the witnessing of tombstones of those died as a result of those accidents. The Screaming Bridge continues to stir up stories as well as the imagination of those in the area, drawing the curious in further to investigate the infamous site. Screaming Bridge really is 
not that far away from civilization, but it kind of feels that way. I had been in the Arlington, Dallas, Fort Worth area the entire time. There's people and cars and lots of life and movement everywhere. Out near the Screaming Bridge, there's like nothing. It was so eerily quiet. It feels dead and abandoned. Like, on the next episode we'll talk about it, but we went to Goatman's Bridge as well. And it's just over the hill from a little kid's soccer field and they were like having a tournament while we were there. Like, people were everywhere. Hiking, everything. Screaming Bridge was quiet. Even with the road nearby. Like, you would hear cars every once in a while, but that's it. We parked by some barricades and walked in. Uh, the barricades didn't completely block the road. It narrowed it a lot. So, like, bigger vehicles couldn't easily get in. And they're like, they're like the big street concrete barriers that you'll see especially during construction when they're wanting to change lanes and stuff. And you can tell people had probably moved these several times because they're starting to crumble and look rather beat up at this point. Not just from the elements, if you know what I mean. Like, our, my friend's little car, what does she have? She has Mini Cooper, that's what it is. Probably could have made it. But then the roadway was crumbling, like the old road was definitely not taken care of. So it looked like something we could easily get stuck on there. The area from the barricades to the bridge has been overgrown with grasses and trees and garbage. The road being narrowed is probably to get people to stop dumping in the area, but honestly, it hasn't slowed them down. There were a lot of weird things. <sighs> Mattresses, countertops, I, I could not get over the countertops. That was just so strange to me. Um, entertainment centers and dressers, and of course, remnants of it being an old party place. It's right next to a wildlife refuge and the rusted, rusted, tangled barbed wire fence gives a bit of an ominous feel to the whole thing. There was a lot of signs of wildlife reclaiming the area other than, you know, the garbage. But we were out there around noon and it was hot. So, I'm assuming most things were avoiding the heat. Because we never really saw anything. There was a lot of signs of spring around, which was kind of cool. Including this 
pretty pink blooming tree near the train tracks. It was very strange. It's like we're, we have the slight green buds coming on the trees and then you get to the train tracks and there's this lovely pink blossomed tree. Don't worry, I have it in videos. The tracks themselves ran parallel to the drainage ditch. I guess probably the drainage ditch actually ran parallel to the train tracks, but you know what I mean. Sometimes this drainage ditch is reported to be the creek which the bridge spanned. Arlington Bedford Road, later renamed Greenbelt Road, ran up to the tracks where the bridge once stood. I would guess maybe a half mile hike. And me and Rain discuss this a little bit, but don't quote me. I'm not sure if it was the stories or the heat or what, but it was immediately eerie out there. Like, the whole energy of the place seemed strange and we had some strange personal experiences. Okay, today it's me and Rain discussing our fun Dallas excursion. Rain, say hi. Hi. There's Rain. Um, so Rain, you're the one that planned the whole Texas trip. So you found all these places. So I, how did you first hear about Screaming Bridge? Oh, goodness. So I first learned about Screaming Bridge several, several years ago. I mean, being in a group of par being friends with a lot of paranormal investigators and friends that love kind of like the paranormal sites across Dallas, Fort Worth, um, that actually came across a Reddit post when we were looking at some of the most haunted locations where we moved to, which is in Arlington, close to, in between Dallas and Fort Worth, Texas, in the Metroplex. A Reddit post, I love it. <laughs> yeah, so we came across a Reddit post about Screaming Bridge and did quite a bit of research on it and was amazed to find that it was literally within 10 minutes of our home. I had never investigated it, but had always been curious about it. So kind of how Screen Bridge came to my knowledge bank. Yeah, because it, it was kind of in the middle of freaking nowhere. That, I think that was the thing that really threw me when we got out there. Because it's like we left the Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington area. And all of a sudden it's like for lack of a better word, dead and desolate in this area. It was, <laughs> it was very strange. Yeah, and a lot of the posts, I mean, there's always been the room, like the story and the newspaper articles about the teenagers that died at Screaming Bridge. Mm -hmm. And funny enough, there's not a lot of resources out there that tell you the exact location of Screaming Bridge. Um, some of the resources that show it um, actually were before there was like that massive highway or like road that was built near it. Yeah. So it was a lot of, it's a closed down road now and there's actually quite a few closed down roads banking that nature park. And so literally 
whenever me and my friends were trying to look for it, we had to do a Google search. Like we actually had to pull up Google satellite and zoom in around the area to find the creek and where it was to kind of match the coordinates uh, and things that we were looking for. Okay. So that was the only way we were able to actually like compare all the articles and find research and everything about the exact real location of it. Okay. That makes sense. Cause like when we were there, you're like, we're parking here, we're going here. I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I had done all that research with another paranormal investigator who wanted to go out there and do it too. So we just never made it out there. We were the first ones to go do it. Oh. Oh, that makes me feel special. (laughs) I love that. Um, I looked at my goofy husband and I forgot what I was going to say. Go away. Turn around. But, um, and like everybody's watching. We're in a hotel room interviewing real quick. So... These yield hotel distractions, you know. Exactly. Um, Who knows? It could be a haunted hotel. Find out next podcast. <laughs> right? We're going to start getting EVPs on the podcast. I've had <laughs> weird EVPs come through before, so it's not impossible. Yeah. Um, one of the things that amused the hell out of me going and doing this with you is you're terrified of this shit. Oh, I am a freaking wuss. <laughs> Lack of better words. I... <laughs> There is, I am not going to sugarcoat it nor try to act courageous on this podcast. I was scared shitless. To be fair though, and I'm definitely wanting to give you the most credit with this because I didn't think to like pull out my phone and record. I was just like, oh look, I'm going to make, take some videos for like background to show people what it looks like and you're like pulling out your phone and asking questions and trying to get recordings and then later on later on the trip we were doing ghost apps because i didn't bring any of the proper tools for any of this which i realized was a horrible mistake but i'll bring them next time yes we can do a better investigation because that was actually a ton of fun but no i I'm one of those ghost enthusiasts, <laughs> or I love watching ghost shows, like listening to your podcast. I love listening to all these stories and what people experience. But man, the minute a, I can't explain something with science, my ass is grass. I'm running. And I think that's why I like going and doing this with you, because you're like, you do the research, you know, at least basic history, and you're really good at debunking things. But when it's not debunkable, the debunk, new word. Um, that's when you get the most excited and yeah, terrified. But like, it was awesome. For lack of better purposes, we did do this during the day. If yeah, had, that helped. If we had done this at night, I probably would have been a lot less fearless. <laughs> I think that means the next time we do this, we have to do it at night. Oh now. gosh, okay. So um, our adventure to Screaming Bridge. It was you, me, and the most wonderful, amazing baby Laggles that came with us. And I'll have to post pictures of Laggles, your gorgeous wolf puppers. But um, Laggles is very fearless or dumb. I can't really ever tell with her sometimes. It's a little bit of both. You're not wrong there. (laughs) I'm like, she's very enthusiastic, but sometimes I just don't think she understands the situation she's in. But she was having, like, the grandest time. Because it's a little bit of a hike back in there. Which was really... I think that was one of the creepiest parts. Because it's just been, like, a weird... It's become, like, a weird dump area. Yeah. Because it's about a... 
it's a little over a quarter of a mile, I believe. What was it? Like a little over a quarter, almost half mile hike in. Yeah, something like that. To find this old bridge. And yeah, there's just like all this weird like furniture and mattresses and clothes and along the trail and baby shoes, bags that we could assume were bodies. Yeah, it it was. I think there were a couple we poked to make sure (laughs) that they weren't. It was, but it was kind of eerie almost immediately. I think because of that, it was like a hundred degrees. I was dying. I don't do heat that well, so I'm like, this is such a weird thing. It was such a weird experience. And then we got up there, because Lagos wants to go and... Yeah, and Lagos was having so much fun sniffing all yeah. of the stuff. She was just being normal, like, enjoying her little walk. Yeah, being she Being with us. Little ears all perked up, listening to noises, smelling raccoons. Dog shit. And then we got up there. And... I guess eerie is the best word. Yeah, it was just like the inner. As soon as we got past, like the that last little tree line where the old bridge used to be, it felt like I don't. And I didn't tell you we had reached the bridge yet either. Mm-mm. Keep in mind that. Um, but it just I felt didn't like know where the hell we the were. The energy had changed because to be to tell you guys the the bridge was demolished. There's not actually a bridge there anymore. Um, they built a brand new railway through there um, and closed up a lot of. That used to be a lot deeper of like a river estuary that came off the Red River, not Red River, but the Trinity River that goes through there. Um, so there's not really much of a bridge. And so when we got to the area, it was, I don't know, heavy. Yeah. It just felt really heavy. And I, I thought it felt cooler, if that makes sense. But I just assumed there's like weird... It's weird to say river because it was more like mossy giant puddles. Because I don't remember the water moving much. The water it was pretty stagnant. Move. Yeah, and the whole rumor is when you go there at night, you know, you see the gravestones or eyes in the water. Which is really. I could totally see it because it was eerie. It was very eerie. I think the thing that really got me was the way Lago started acting. Yeah, that she was not acting normal. And I think, I, I know personally that made me feel better because it's like, are we spooking each other being like, this feels weird? And then Lagos, who, you know, doesn't speak English and is ignoring us, is like, suddenly, like, her, I remember at one point her tail was between her legs mm-hmm. and she was walking really funny and like running into you, not like disoriented, but like, mom. I'm going to be as close to you as possible. Yeah, she, Lagatha is the type of dog that pulls at the leash and wants to just keep going down the trail and doesn't mm-hmm. want to turn around. She'll go to the very end and she'll pull you the entire way. And when we got to the tracks, she was okay for a second. And then we started pulling out our phones and asking questions. And then out of nowhere, she started getting really, she wouldn't go on the tracks. Like I, no. I forced her to go over the tracks with me, which she's never mindful She's never been on train tracks before, probably has ever seen train tracks, so that could have been... That's my science brain saying, but she did not like them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of wanting to pull forwards on the trail, she tucked her tail and wanted to go back, like to the car. Yeah. She wanted out of there and got real anxious, had her head between my legs, and that's not that's not lag at the... She's normally like, ooh, what's this? What's this? Let me smell all these things and pull you in every direction, not just stand here and get very nervous yeah she's the kind of puppers who's like everyone is her best friend and wants to examine you immediately type mm-hmm. of thing she's like on it and that's why we love her 
But yeah, it was, I think I have video of her running around. I think this is one of them. Oh yeah, when we got her on the tracks. Let me see if it will load. And I'll upload all of these as well. You okay, Legos? Yeah, I was kind of when she was just like searching everything. She just seemed a lot more brief, like yeah. Her, it was more of an it felt like an anxious dog versus we probably need to get recording of how she is just normally <laughs> for people to compare. But goofy as hell. Yeah, cause she is goofy. She's that's just how it is. I think this is so. When we went back to your house. I was like shocked because again I didn't even think about doing EVPs I didn't do anything um that giving you full credit for being of the right mind on that um and it was funny because I didn't even realize what you were doing at the time also you just pulled out your phone and started like asking questions I'm like what are you doing oh you're doing what you I should be doing but we did find what possibly could be a voice on one of the uh, recordings. Let me get it up here. So it's just right there and it's very clear at the beginning. It almost sounds like, we assume like it was what a male voice it sounded like? Yeah, because I'm like, oh, it's a weird bird or a bug, but it almost sounds like it has some kind of enunciation of some kind. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's like a bird or a bug. And you're like, I don't know. It was just too enunciated. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll try to slice it in for sure. But it was just me taking a small clip of the train tracks for like promo stuff. Let me see if I can't get it any louder. Did you actually hear a bird tweeting in the background? Mm -hmm. And then it sounds like it almost sounds like I got to get out of here, which is fascinating. I again, if anybody's watched or listened to the podcast enough, I'm not the best with EVPs. I can hear this. And that's what's weird. Yeah. And I don't think it's matricing per se. Because it is, it is kind of clear. And that's the thing that keeps throwing me. I'm like, maybe it is matrixing and it's a cicada out there. I don't know. But it's freaking weird. And the fact that we had so much in the daylight was amazing. And the, the other really interesting thing is when you were taking that video, that's when Lagatha was really acting spooked on the tracks and wanted to leave yes that's when her mood really changed to we need to leave because i didn't get video of her with her tail between her legs unfortunately this is like right after and that was like the biggest um piece of evidence we got we didn't get a whole lot of quote unquote Mm -hmm. evidence but it was one of those, I went in with no expectations. I'm like, oh, this is a cool local legend. Let's check this out. I bet it has a fun history. And then the fact that we had enough personal experiences out there just shocked the hell out of me. I mean, I think it was one of the best locations we visited I know, the entire trip. We definitely need to go back out with actual equipment. Because mm-hmm. we actually spent a majority of our time there not before 
not recording or doing anything before we were like, oh, maybe we should take out our phones and start yeah. doing something. Um, but no, it was scientifically in my brain, it's like the moment you got that and then when Lagatha really was, because mm-hmm. we, we left shortly after that because Lagatha was immediately like not doing in a well place and I didn't want her no. and getting worse. Because she started to head back down the trail. She was like, nope. Yeah. We're done, you guys. We're we're going. Yeah, so we want to get her back to the car too. Plus she has some chicky nuggies waiting for her. She for did. being good. She did have being some chicky nuggies. And she was very happy about them. But did we actually tell them like the history of Screaming Bridge? Like why is it called Screaming Bridge? That I'm doing the first part. Oh, so, okay. So literally this is just us talking uh, about our experience. Oh gotcha. So that's why it's even shorter. Oh gotcha. So we we're we're good. Well, I think that I think that was pretty good for the first one. Maybe you guys can go scream a little. Oh, that's so bad. Thank you to everyone out there listening today. If you are interested in more pictures, info, and my sources for this week's episode, please check out the website, myhauntedlifepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. A huge thank you to my darling friend, Rain, for not only being my tour guide, but my ghost hunter buddy, and now being on the podcast. So, a lot of this, almost all of it, is because of rain. So, thank you, babe. If you have a ghost story to share, email me at myhauntedlifepodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to tell your friends and family about the show. Word of mouth goes a very long way. You can also follow my Haunted Life podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I'll also be posting an actual video to TikTok about all this. How shocking is that? It's pretty shocking, let's be honest. Also, that's where you should probably look for the tea. Not, not TikTok, but the Facebook group. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please subscribe to the Patreon page. You can support the show for as little as $2 a month. That's it. Oh, and I forgot to state we're going to have a live chat coming up next Thursday. The in-between Thursday. I forgot to post that. I'm going to have to do an extra thing. Music by Ghost Stories Incorporated. And that's it for this show. I'll see you all next week on my Haunted Life podcast. And until then, stay spooky. Hey, Pex, you want to say something to the podcast today? <laughs>